0: Turn it on and rip the knob off. They do it,
1: baby. Even up the series. Your Milwaukee Bucks. What a fourth quarter. Oh, my God. Chris Middleton shows up for 40 points. Giannis Adendacumbo shows out for this play right here.
2: Now Booker with Tucker on
1: world from Giannis Adendokounmpo that my friend was absolutely electric good luck going to bed after Giannis threw that block down and the deer clamped down on defense in the final what five minutes of uh, the fourth quarter to take down the Phoenix Suns even things up it's a best of three series now
3: yeah after all that drama some would say the series hasn't even started
1: (laughs) rowdy Wow! Uh, some would say that Devin Booker is still not getting called for any fouls uh, at the Pfizer form right now, as the refs are swallowing their whistle. We'll get into that, but I don't want to start off the show, uh, you know, lamenting over refereeing. I want to start the show celebrating the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Adenakumbo, Chris Middleton showed up, which was awesome, and just the rest of the boys. What that game? That game was wild. What an interesting, intriguing game. Oh, they're showing the Giannis block right there again on the TV set. What a strange game last night. But the Bucks clamped down on defense at the end and get it done. I Wow, that was a crazy block. Pat Connaughton called Giannis's block the best block in the history of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have audio coming up. He called it the, be- the best block in the history of the NBA. Well, speaking of, the of the Pat NBA.
3: Connaughton, obviously you mentioned Giannis had a huge game. Obviously the huge block at the end. Our friend Chris Middleton had a huge game. Where he was knocking down shots,
1: you called it rowdy. You said you're going to bet on Chris Middleton the or bet against him the under and watch him uh, do the reverse psychology thing and go for a huge game.
3: Chris Middleton had 40 points, and I think you got to give a lot of love to Pat Connaughton, who Pat Connaughton made every big three when he needed when the Bucks needed him to make a big three. Planet Pat and was awesome. Funny enough, we talk about plus minus quite a bit, and I know a lot of people talk about plus minus. Pat Connaughton had the best plus minus on the court.
1: Yeah, he was huge night. off the bench. Pat Connaughton was huge off the bench. He did make some awesome threes. That was... Mm, 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 Are we going to say the biggest three bucks, the big three for the
3: Milwaukee Bucks, and obviously the biggest game of the season so far for them was Giannis,
1: Middleton, and Connaughton? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think we can make the case for that. As uh, last night, you know, uh, looking at Drew Holiday, I mean, he had 13 points. Drew Holiday, though, four of 20. Uh, for field goals and over for 5 from beyond the arc. I think we can easily say last night that Pat Connaughton definitely was the third of the big three. Yeah, plus 21 for that plus minus.
3: Yeah, and you know what? With Holiday, again, he couldn't make anything. Once again, did you see him missing layups? Like yeah. point blank at the rim? But he was 4 of 20. I don't get how you can go from like spinning in crazy uh, finger rolls one game to blowing layups the next game that are almost – Identical th- like identical lay-ins. It's
1: a head scratcher, but um, Drew Holiday
3: wasn't scared to shoot the ball when he had uh, open <laughs> no. open shots either. Uh,
1: Chris Middleton definitely not scared to shoot the ball. Chris Middleton shot thirty three times and uh, made fifteen of them. Some big three pointers, you know, down the way, seven and eight from the charity stripe. But Chris Middleton, forty points, um, rowdy. You knew when you made the bet on the Razor's Edge to take the under for Chris Middleton. You had to have known that he was going to go off. Like I mean, you, hell, you said it. You're like we're gonna do like either way. I'm gonna be happy, I guess. Yeah, my my basically the only thing I'm gonna say about that is figures, (laughs) right? Figures. You called it. You said it many. We said it many times uh, leading up to it when he made the bet yesterday. But my God, I just can't get over that Giannis Dendukumbo block. That thing was sick.
3: Looking looking at Chris Middleton real quick. We talked about how since the Nets series, he had two good games against the Nets. He had two good games against the Hawks, Mm -hmm. and he had none so far in the first three games against the Suns. Like, so he's due for I, one more good game? I'm fully under the belief after this good game, he's due for at least one more where he can, uh, in theory, him and Giannis can carry the Bucks to a win. So I'm anticipating this goes seven games now. Because he's yes. he's due for at least one more good game.
1: He is. If you're on the Chris Middleton uh, flow chart, he is due for at least, well, I guess at least probably just one more good game. Bucks are going to have to steal one on the road, though, to win this thing. So game five is going to be in Phoenix on Saturday night. Then it goes back to Milwaukee Tuesday, July twentieth, for Game six, and then the seventh game if it does go seven, which I feel like this has got seven written all over it. Thursday, July twenty second. That's when um, if it goes seven, when it will be decided. What a series it has been, though. What a what a what a crawl back from the Milwaukee Bucks of getting that series tied to a piece.
3: I'm excited the Bucks got it done last night because I'm I'm happy for the city of Milwaukee and and Bucks fans,
1: being that they get a third home game. Yeah, I'm ex- well as a Bucks fan my whole life. This is awesome. Like this is, this is great for the Milwaukee Bucks. Absolutely unbelievable. There, one block comes to mind. It's when LeBron James in the 2016 NBA Finals, James with the block uh, in Game Seven against the Warriors. Pat Connaughton, I'll, I'll play the audio very soon. Pat Connaughton out there proclaiming the block by Giannis the best block in the history of the NBA.
2: Tucker, Tucker on him, throws it up.
1: What a block. That was
3: sick. Well, when when, when the lob went up and you saw Aiden there, you're like, oh, here comes a dunk. But even Giannis
1: said after the game he thought he was going to get dunked on.
3: Pretty much when we've seen that the entire series, when that's happened, mm-hmm. it ends in a dunk. And a fairly easy dunk for or the a, Suns. Or a
1: foul for the Suns.
3: And when the ball got lobbed up, I thought, oh, great. Here comes a dunk. Now they just gave up another basket they could have really used to stop there. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Giannis is blocking Aiden. It was
1: incredible. It was, it was absolutely incredible. It was insane. Uh, also, some other things for the game. I mean, the Phoenix Suns turned the ball over 17 times. The Phoenix Suns had 17 turnovers. A huge turnover by Chris Paul after that block from Giannis. As Chris Paul kind <clears> of <throat> pooped on his leg a little bit. The Bucks only had five turnovers. Uh, so they're handling the ball pretty well, and the Phoenix Suns aided by the referees big time. Devin Booker should have been fouled out of that game. <laughs> the fact that the referee who even admits after the game that he like botched the call, the fact that Devin Booker who followed Drew Holiday not once but twice on the play wasn't called for anything is insane.
3: Yeah, what in that play he hit him across the arm like multiple times, and not only that but wrapped him up
1: and was grabbing jersey. <laughs> yeah, and there was still no call. It was it – that's shameful. That's shameful by the NBA. I saw, I saw a lot of – Rowdy uh, was so mad last night you couldn't even spell follow right on his tweets. <laughs> oh, that's also the new phone. <laughs> I, I, I chuckled at that. The, uh, but you couldn't delete it because you had so many likes on it. You're like, I can't delete exactly it. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, you just had to go with it. I, <laughs> I saw you quote
3: tweet it and then say actually follow. I did see some, some uh, funny comments, though, about uh, Devin Booker. Because did you see how even after, obviously –
1: we all know he fouled out, right? Yes, like we all know that. Yes, he he fouled out. He had that was his seventh and eighth foul because there was two fouls on that play.
3: Like I was seeing tweets that were, it was pretty funny because there was a good <laughs> they're tweets. like historic performance. Devin Booker becoming the first player in NBA Finals history to record seven or eight fouls and continue <laughs> playing.
1: And then I saw him getting like photoshopped on all the guy like all the professional wrestlers who were, like RKOing like uh, Drew Holiday and stuff. It was. The fact that they didn't (laughs) – unbelievable. Anyways, it's not taken away from the fact the Bucks still won.
3: Another thing that you'd have to say about Devin Booker and and not getting fouls called on him, how about the fact that he should have, in theory, fouled out when he was at, what, 38 points? Yes. And then he makes a couple baskets after that. I know. And he picked up – realistically, he picked up seven or eight fouls. Yeah, oh, my God. There's no doubt about it. Only five were called. It's already ridiculous – and an extended rule in the NBA because in every other league of basketball, you get five. Yeah. Because they're yes. already trying to keep stars in the game. <laughs> the rule is six and he still followed seven or eight times. He's still playing. I'll say it eight. eight. And on top of that, they're talking about after he made a couple baskets after that, about how yet another 40 game, 40 point game from Devin Booker. He should be he should be gone. He yeah. shouldn't have had forty
1: points. He, he should have been gone. Devin Booker, a game high forty two points. He set an NBA record doing so as the most points scored in a player's first postseason. He should have been to Rowdy's point again. He should have been gone. And after the seventh and eighth foul, he went on to score a couple more buckets to make it close for the Phoenix Suns. The fact that we uh, that even a bl- the blind day from Anona probably saw that, and still the referees. I have it right here, Rowdy. Front page. I go to CBSSports.com. Literally, the first headline, front page. It says, "Watch refs miss call that would have fouled out Booker." That's the first number one story on CBSSports.com.
3: And then it was, it was like a minute later, if that, where it was Giannis driving the lane, and he was the only one back there. Yeah, and you know how like they say, if you stay straight up. Or if you're in, if you're outside of that uh, half circle, mm-hmm. that you probably get the charge. Yes. Well, one, he was jumping, and two, he was clearly like making almost like a a T diagonally
1: while he was going up. This it's like, frustrating. That,
3: that's not even straight up, anyways. And he was jumping with Giannis. I mean, that's clearly a definition of a, foul, a foul, too.
1: Um, so, looking at this uh, front page article about Devin Booker, the ref missing the call. The the first sentence is this. There's missing a call, and then there's this. <laughs> but, uh, enough said right there. This is what it sounded like over the broadcast. Uh, let me uh, just click this real quick here, if it'll. I guess it won't go. Are we gonna say something, Ronnie?
3: Well, it's just it's hilarious because I think for the most part you saw not only Milwaukee Bucks fans, not only NBA fans, but even big time media members. Oh, everybody. Are you kidding me? Except for there's always that little faction that's like, "Are you kidding me? You're not gonna call that? Oh, ball you can't call that. That was all.
2: That was all ball. <laughs> like
3: what? What did you? What did you watch?
1: Here you go. Here it is. Here it is. Ball on the drive.
2: Paul kicks it back out. Pass deflected and stolen. Three on one for the box. Holiday foul by Booker. They didn't call. Followed by Booker. They didn't call it! Yeah, because it was egregious. It was insane.
1: But here's the thing the Bucks still won. I mean, that's that stretch right there got that's when every the, the nerves were just getting sky high. And then about a minute and a half later is when the Giannis block happened. And then Chris Paul turned the ball over the next possession. And you're like, oh my god, the Bucks are gonna even this series up. <laughs> On the vein of barbecue. I'm glad that Chad brought that up and that Hawkeye was doubling down on it as well. Uh, Wisconsin football. We'll get back to box. I have comments coming up and we'll uh, trust me. We'll uh, we'll give the the due t- the time and the sun that Giannis deserves and Chris Middleton and et cetera. But the entire Wisconsin Badgers offensive line has uh, been inked up. Name, image, likeness is now taking over college sports. First, it was uh, remember Red Robin. I know RJ, you loved it when Wisconsin was uh, eating Red Robin. Yeah. For for I think it was. I think they still had to pay for it, though, because name, image, like this wasn't a thing then. And they said they did it every week. Red Robin. Those are like like $14 burgers. And bottomless steak fries. Yeah. Red Robin burgers, not that great. No. They're very generic. They are. But here's the thing. Now, the entire Wisconsin Badgers offensive line has agreed to a partnership with Mission Barbecue. It's pretty good stuff. I've... Is better than Chad's.
4: I do I've never had Chad's. I've never had
1: Mission or Chad's. I've mi- Mission barbecue is pretty good barbecue. Chad, if you're still listening, um, I'm calling it out right now. Mission barbecue versus our guy Chad for a, a BBQ off. <laughs> I, judging
4: by what Chad's saying, I'm probably gonna go and lean towards Chad.
1: Yeah, oh, I know for a fact he's a hell of a cook. <laughs> but here's the thing, Wisconsin. This is the first Wisconsin entity to be inked up for a deal. Grant Merce has his website. And his clothing yeah. and his clothes. That's his own thing, his, though. His logo de merch. Mission, I haven't heard of any. Chad says, I'm in. And I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Uh, every, day, every day, every day, I'm winning. So Mission Barbecue, I think, is the first company to really rep a Wisconsin entity, and that's the whole offensive line. Yeah.
4: Um, I know Joe Thomas is a big franchiser.
1: Yeah, I think he's got some franchises in the Ohio
4: area. Yeah, Ohio uh, and then uh, Brookfield area, I believe, Milwaukee area. Um I thought he was trying to bring one to Madison. I don't know if there's one here yet. What? A mission bar? Yeah, it's on the east
1: side. It's on okay. the of east Washington. Yeah, so that that one's his too. When they were going to open up, that's when COVID hit and everything was like shut down. Gotcha. So I'm like, ooh. They have that huge, gigantic, like military-looking truck. Yeah, that's that's yeah. their catering truck. Oh, that's that's, that's <laughs> I wonder how that gas, what the gas bill is
4: on
3: that one. How about the irony in the fact that the first big. Uh, name image likeness deal signed by the Wisconsin Badgers is specifically for the offensive line, and which it's food
4: <laughs> it,
3: and it's food, but a lot of people that were against it that were saying, well, some players are probably going to get jealous because it's only going to be, you know, the Jonathan Taylors of the world or the Graham Mertz of the world yeah. and what happens to the guys that block for them?" Well, what happens is they actually strike the first deal.
1: Yeah, if I'm Graham Mertz or the running backs, I'm actually thankful that they struck a deal, especially yeah. with Mission Barbecue, because you know they're going to be eating that protein, and they're probably going to block better for you. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe they
4: leave you the scraps, and they're like, here, here's a couple of Yeah, you can, nod, you can nod. You
3: can saw
1: some of these rib bones if you want.
3: There you go, Graham. Well, I think right now it's it's pretty fair to say that for marketing and well, advertising, I mean, endorsing stuff right now, the offensive line is a better option than the Wisconsin Badgers running back room.
1: Well, a lot of the yeah. a lot of the big J's last year out is saying that Jalen Berger needed to eat more because he was too skinny. That's why he w- wasn't seeing too much yeah. time. Tiny legs, tiny legs. So maybe he can get some of those scraps from the offensive line. <laughs> I, I did. I did wonder how,
3: um, being that it was an offensive line deal, how Graham Mertz was still there.
1: I know, Mertz has his logo. And his website. Other than that, that's it. The rest of the squad. It's got uh, Caden Lyles, Josh Seltzner, Logan Brush, Tyler Beach, uh, Blake Smithback, Jack Nelson, and Joe Titman. They get it. They get it going. Hey, you, uh, Joe Thomas you, tweeted, you. Joe Thomas did tweet out about it. He says, "Here we go to flame emojis. No better diet to build and kick ass than Mission Barbecue by the military truck in full. So there it is. Uh, pretty cool. Good for them, man. I wonder what they're like getting i would like to know i don't think it's i don't think those details yeah have I, I haven't
4: seen anything where it says you know they get a meal a week or whatever or they're getting money i i haven't seen that either yeah. so it'll be interesting to see if that comes out and what it all entails
1: uh, packers underscore jt on twitch says uh, mission is the fourth or fifth best barbecue in madison number one is smoky john's i can agree with that number two is dicky's I've never had Dickies. He said, "Don't at me over that one." Three is beef butter. Well, I love beef butter. Beef, beef butter is butter awesome. Is pretty good. And then there's the rest. I would uh, also put Chad's up there. Then <laughs> Chad, has prowess uh, with this, but yeah, Smoky Johns. I've never had Dickies. It is uh, one of those chain restaurants. Yep. And then beef butter. Shout out to Northside. Beef butter is pretty badass. And Ram Jam says, "How many barbecue places do you guys have around there?" What about? <laughs> what about Famous Dave's? There's famous. Okay, let's. Can we name all of them? Smoky Smoky Johns. Um, famous daves dickies there's one on uh, off of monona drive um fat jacks by taco johns i think that's that's still open i think so oh fat jacks there's a uh, beef butter yep are we there's five i think is there any other ones i'm missing there might be I, there probably is there probably is so right now, uh, G-Dub, you forgot M- Hooters. I <laughs> you forgot I Hooters. am not including Hooters in a barbecue, okay? Just because they have barbecue sauce there doesn't make them a barbecue joint. <laughs> if you're you
3: going to include Hooters, you're going to include a lot of different things. <laughs> you forgot
1: Hooters. Are
4: going to do McDonald's then? Cause they because they got the McRib.
1: McRib. And they yeah. got barbecue sauce. For, then you got to go Culver's. They got barbecue sauce. No, we're not doing that, G-Dub. It's not, <laughs> you forgot Hooters. Stop. All right, best barbecue joint. Let me know. 608-321-1670. That's funny. <laughs> you <forgot> Hooters. <laughs> I think Fat, Fat Jack's is still open. I hope COVID didn't take it down. Oh, yeah, baby. She opens up at 4 p.m. today. Let's go. Oh. Fat Jack's barbecue still rocking. I'm a Smokey John's guy. All right, in honor of uh, the Wisconsin line getting inked up by Mission Barbecue, our guy Ram Jam in Scotland the you got? <laughs> it's like a, Jesus, he says. How many barbecue joints do you guys got around there? <laughs> we got a lot, Ram Jam. We love our meat. We love our cheese. So I was trying to go through the list. Smoky John's, uh, Fat Jack's. I'll write these as we go. We got a couple of Thirsty Goats one, and Secondhand Smoke John also says City Barbecue. I've never heard of that.
4: I It just opened recently. It's where Mod Pizza is over by the mall.
1: Oh, okay. I'll have to try that out then. Uh, so if you have any ones that we're thinking of, and we're not counting, Hooters, G Dub, <laughs> that would be a wing spot, if anything. Their wings, not they're not bad. They're, they're, I'd go, go, rather go to uh, I've chicken been, licks. I've been
3: to Hooters yeah. twice in my life. You're not missing much. Food was never great.
1: You're, you're not missing. Yeah. Delightfully tacky. Eh, I just, I tacky. would just say it's just tacky, <laughs> it's just tacky. That's their slogan, right? Delightfully tacky. I it, think. Is it? I, I don't know. I think it is. I haven't even been there in eight years, so. Hooters was cool in like the nineties. Now it's. <laughs> <laughs> my my brother, uh, for, for some reason, once in a while, I was like, "Hey, you want to go to Hooters?" I'm it's like, kind of like John I'm like, Daly. I'm like, not really.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he used to be sponsored by Hooters. yeah, well, Then he Daly was hawking T-shirts in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot. Yeah.
3: Once once he really started going downhill and wasn't playing much golf, obviously, I think the chain kind of came and went with uh, John Daly. <laughs>
1: You want to go to Hooters? Not really. No. <laughs> In the stands last night, you know, a list of celebrities. I didn't see Gucci Mane there uh, like I did the Game 3, unless I missed them. But there was like Chance the Rapper, Chris Tucker, as Nathan mentioned. <laughs> That's all I like Chris Tucker. Uh, Chris Tucker, you know, a couple other names. But, yeah, they did flash, yeah. What, there was Packers flavor again. Yeah, of course. Um, didn't see Aaron Rodgers. But I did see uh, Brewers flavor Brewer's skipper, Craig Council in attendance. And I have uh, to ask this question. Now, I, I, I love the Angry Rooster. I love Craig Council. When I think of Craig Council, I think of his uh, unorthodox batting stance. When I think of Craig Council, I think of that weird, wonky batting stance where you wonder how the hell the dude ever hit the ball by standing like that. But Craig Council was shown on the JubboTron last night, and he's waving to the crowd wearing his Bucks, you know, hoodie. It says, Craig Council, Brewers legend slash manager.
3: <laughs> I sent that to you guys in the group chat because I just laughed when I saw Brewers legend.
1: That's the question I've asked, is or want to ask, is Craig Council truly a Brewers legend? Is he indeed a Brewers legend? Now, he's been the manager as the Brewers have made it to the most consecutive appearances to the playoffs. Like He's been the steward of that ship, Rowdy, the captain of that ship. Three years in a row. But
3: when you think of Craig Council playing for the Brewers, it was at the very end of his career. And at best, he was a utility player. And now you talk about him as a Brewers manager, which, yeah, they've had a lot of success under Craig Council, no doubt about that. But, I mean, his best playing days were definitely in Florida and Arizona. Like, there's no there's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah. there's, There's definitely no doubt about that. Is is
3: Craig Council a and, Brewers and do you legend? Really, do you really consider somebody that's still there? And I'll say Craig Council's been there for a while, but he's still relatively new.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, he's he's yeah. I mean, he's not new, but he's not old. Like he's like he's 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 not green. Anymore. He hasn't he
3: hasn't been there for a decade.
1: No, is Craig Council indeed a Brewers
3: legend? I I can't say yes. I I would say if Ryan Braun was at the game. I would be more okay with them saying Ryan Braun, Brewers, Brewers legend. legend. Yeah,
1: I mean he's he's breaking you know Robert Young, some of Robin Younts, you know records, and he's retired. Yeah, he's not there anymore. Is Craig Council a indeed a Brewers legend?
3: Like, I get it if it was like a, a Bobby Cox situation, who was there forever with the Atlanta Braves, where they won like pretty much the division every year in like the nineties, mm-hmm. and he's like in like his thirtieth season. And he's there at the game and they're like, hey, it's uh Bobby Cox, Atlanta Braves <laughs> legend and manager. Yeah, he's been there
1: forever. Oh, Bob, uh, Bobby, the uh the Wanake chapter, the president of the Wannokey chapter, the Mike Budenholzer fan club, says, uh, we we both know that Coach Budenholzer is a legend. <laughs> well, Bob, if he if he, you know, has his Milwaukee Bucks win this NBA Finals, I'll call Budenholzer a legend. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other uh, the other celebrities that last night. Uh, who else was there, Rowdy? It was
3: a Darius Smith wasn't he there?
1: Yeah, I, I there's I know someone had a list out. Uh, let's see here: Chance the Rapper, Chris Tucker, Craig Council, Dave Chappelle. I forgot about Chappelle. Donald Driver, John Calipari was there. Junior Bridgman, uh, Michael Re- dude, Michael Red was there. Now, is that a Bucks legend? Is Michael yeah, Red a Michael Bucks Redd legend? Michael Red is a Bucks legend. Uh, because Zarius of how Smith, bad like they said. were. Yeah, Michael Redd, very the strangest mask I've ever seen someone wear. Michael Redd was rocking. And then Cheryl yeah. Crow was there. Sheryl Crow,
3: Jabbar, Oscar Robertson.
1: Yep. I mean, there was legends there. My question is, is Craig 608-321-1670 uh, number 1 is Giannis's block the best block of all time as Pat Connaughton suggests. And number 2 is Craig Council,
5: <laughs> a, Brewer's a Brewers legend. legend.
1: I'm I'm at odds with this. The like, king, the king on Twitch says they should have listed him as two-time World Series champion, and just not specified with who. We all would have known it wasn't with the Brewers, but <laughs> just not specify with who. Craig Council, like Brewers like legend. if if all of a sudden,
3: say five years from now, the Milwaukee Brewers have a World Series. He's been there for over a decade. Obviously, he was from Milwaukee area. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers. He managed the Brewers for you know a decade plus. They won a World Series. They had a ton of good winning years. I get it. I get it. But not right now.
1: Uh, yeah. Also, later last night, Ben Kenny just reminded me. Ben Kenny's one of his favorite players of all time. And recently heartbroken because of JLo. Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod. A-Rod in attendance. Of all the people that said that they hate Milwaukee, I would never want to go to Milwaukee. Like, like, you know, the Stephen A. Smith, the talking heads, hating on Milwaukee. My God, there was a lot of stars there last night in Milwaukee. Funny how that works. Alex Rodriguez. I uh, don't even
3: know how to feel about Alex Rodriguez.
1: Oh, Ben Kenny also told me to f off. He hates A Rod. Sorry, sorry, Ben. My my apologies. You I know, don't know how to feel about A Rod. Why not? I like A Rod.
3: What's wrong with A Rod? A Rod's such a douche, especially well, when he he's was a, playing. Yeah, but he owns it. But he that has- he does, and then when they brought him into ESPN baseball coverage. Him and Matt Vasgersian made ESPN baseball coverage at least somewhat tolerable. I'm <laughs> so, not kidding. It's somewhat when tolerable. When you're bringing in a guy that everyone was like, man, when he was playing, he's a complete douche. <laughs> and he's making your broadcast somewhat tolerable. One, that's a tough scene for ESPN baseball coverage. Yeah. But then you actually listen to Alex Rodriguez like... On the coverage, and obviously he knows what he's talking about. He's good at explaining things that a lot of people don't understand. Mm-hmm. But then you just see some of the things. He's just kind of that smarmy guy, and you know, uh, I I have uh, mixed feelings
1: about Aaron. I got mixed feelings on uh, Craig Council being a legend. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say he's a legend. Craig Council a legend. When I think of Craig Council, I think of wearing you know the Brewers jersey. I think of him wearing or uh, sporting that wonky batting stance. And then you look at what Craig has been able to do, get his team. I mean, no, he's a legend, Rowdy. Now that I thought about it, a Wisconsin kid, a guy that came back, played for the team, then went back and now is managing the team. That dude's a legend for the Brewers. He's got to be a Wisconsin kid. He's not a legend. Played for the crew, managing the crew, getting the crew three times in the playoffs. He's a legend. He's not a legend. Why not? Why can't you like things here? Why can't you like this stuff? Why do you gotta hate everything, Rowdy? Come he, on. I'm not ruling out the the possibility that he could why be. Why can't you a just Brewers have fun, legend? Rowdy? Why, what's why, what did fun ever do to you? Come on. Should I put I'll put a Twitter poll out there? How about another what did Craig poll? Council ever do to become a legend? Got the Brewers three straight playoff
3: appearances? Managing. Remember when we used to hate on how they made it to the playoffs last year? And we made fun about it because they had a losing record and then got their asses whooped by the Dodgers in two games? Yeah, but now you look back and you're like, alright, cool. Three times in a row, sweet. Go, Craig. And that's exactly what we were saying at the time. (laughs) Oh, they're going to pass it off as three times they made it in a row. Okay. Another playoff.
1: Who's a a Brewers legend for you then? Hank Aaron?
3: Sure. To a degree? I would say to a degree because he was there for, what, two years at the end of his career, but technically was a Milwaukee Brave. Robin Yount? Yeah, Robin Yount, Paul Paul Molitor, Cecil Cooper. Raleigh Raleigh Fingers. Fingers. What about Bud Selig? He brought he brought like, the Brewers to Milwaukee. I feel like he's more of like a the city of Milwaukee and baseball. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do another. I'm doing another Twitter poll. I'm doing another Twitter poll. Know.
1: Let's go to the phones quick for a break. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Bill. Oh, Bill. Oh, I'm gonna pause the music for you, Bill. Bill, what's up, brother?
2: Nelson. W T F? Craig Council makes that team better. The, the sum of the parts with him is better than the individual players. Bill, thanks you, for the self edit. Are, thanks for the self edit. Are, Holy buckets, Nelson. If you can't see what, if you if you think many other managers would have that team playing as well as he does, you're nuts.
3: You're nuts. I'm not denying that, I, but I mean, calling him payroll. a legend?
2: Well, I'm not saying he's some legend, but I am I love the Craig Council. I'm not calling him a legend, oh. but I love the Craig Council's here. There's nobody else I want here.
1: Well, Rowdy, you want Craig Council
2: here, yeah, right? Yeah, but I'm saying when they flashed up on the, the big
3: screen, Craig Council, Brewers legend.
1: I don't see him as a Brewers legend. <laughs> you guys okay. are both agreeing on the point, Billy. It's just Rowdy's not seeing him as like the legend. I say he's a legend. A Wisconsin kid played for the crew, managing the crew. That's legendary.
2: I think he's got. I think legendary to me. He's you know that's like a Paul Molitor type. Oh, player, for sure, or, for sure. You know, okay, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you know, I can't even think of a manager that's legendary for the Brewers. You know, that's. <laughs> That's, uh... Natty Yost. <laughs> He's not legendary. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you guys are I funny. would say legendary. Ron Nelson. Ring. Legendary, Legendarily Ron, old bad.
1: Legendarily bad. Ken Maka. Ken Maka is legendary bad. We can agree on that.
2: Yes. Nelson, I was having such a calm, cool, collect morning, and then I listened to your rage on council, and it's like I had to call in right away.
1: We, that's, we got you. We got you. Hook, line, and sinker, Billy. That's, what we, you, that's why we did. love it.
2: You set the hook on me. Hey, Thanks, how, how you feeling
1: about? Hey, Billy, how you feeling about the Bucks, my friend? Are they going to do it?
2: I don't. I don't follow NBA. I don't know enough about NBA basketball. Guys. All right. Well,
1: how about the Brewers? Are they going to get to the playoffs again? Then with the legendary Craig Council?
2: <laughs> going to take some hitting. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. They're going to have to start hitting that dang ball. Hey, Bill, take a couple deep breaths, my
1: man. Take a couple deep breaths and go back to that easy morning. Okay. See you guys later. Let's Bye. see, you, buddy. <laughs> Rowdy, you got him. You got him, Rowdy. Listen, I. See Bill Bill is mad, but then I think in the same breath he also said he's not a legend, but, but like wanted to rep it <laughs>
3: he definitely was agreeing with me, but then was mad about the Craig Council. Let's just clear the air though. Okay, I would say right now You want Craig Council here. I would say right now for a Brewers legend, I think you'd have to put like a, a Harvey Keen because they had the Harvey's wall bangers. <laughs> would be more of a Brewers legend than Craig Council is right now. I'm not saying he will be in ten years. Ron Reneke.
1: I never liked Renneke
3: either. I thought he had a lot of talent and didn't do much with it.
1: I mean, he's got a winning percentage of 508. Craig Council, winning percentage of 513. So, Rowdy, I put the Twitter poll up. Is Craig Council indeed a Brewers legend? Right now, early returns, as the the poll is very young today, 71.8% say yes, indeed. Council is a Brewers legend. I voted yes. That's insanity. You voted no. In fact, you to the dismay of Billy, who called in earlier, who couldn't believe it, but then he also, in the same breath, said that he wasn't a legend. But you like Craig Council, correct?
3: Yeah, I I I'm very glad that he is the Milwaukee Brewers manager. I think it's a great fit for the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Um, before you read the uh, the text that Rob sent us, and Rob Rob went, Rob went on a tirade on the airwave uh, airways before he talked some Packers about Craig Council. He was a firm believer in no, he's not a legend. I will say this the Brewers, and I saw this uh, tweeted at the picture. The Brewers have been to the playoffs seven times in franchise history, twice with Council as a player, and three times with Council as a manager. What else can I say? And then there actually is an Onion article. Now, The Onion is a satirical news source. I love The Onion. The Onion in 2009 has a picture of Craig Council. Now, he's wearing the Arizona Diamondbacks garb, but he has a picture. It's a picture of Craig Council. And the headline for The Onion says, and I quote, this is the headline, turns out Craig Council was actually the best baseball player of the steroid era. (laughs) Uh, For The Onion. After the records of players who use performance-enhancing drugs are carefully removed, statistics provided by the Elias Sports Bureau indicate that lifetime 255 hitter Craig Council was the best player of the past 15 years. So, Rowdy, come on. Craig Council, Craig Council the sta- the batting stance. A kid from Wisconsin played for the Brewers, managing the Brewers, got to the playoffs a few times as a player, got as a manager three times in a row, now the first time in franchise history. How is that not legendary?
3: Okay, I'll give you he's from the Milwaukee area. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you he played for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. His best career years in Major League Baseball were with the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. Like, <laughs>
1: He won two World Series. We just don't say which which teams.
3: He was at the end of his career with the Milwaukee Brewers as a utility player. Now I'm not dissing Craig Council for that, but that's just what it is. <laughs> I mean, that's the stats, right? Like it wasn't like he was like almost like just south of Ryan Braun on like legendary statuses as a Milwaukee Brewer. No, he was an old utility player when he finally got to the Milwaukee Brewers. It is what it is. But he's young at heart. Come on. And then you're talking about winning one division, making three straight playoff appearances. And one of them we were even mocking last year about how that's exactly what they're going to do is try and sell it to the fan base as making it to the playoffs with a losing record
1: because they let in eight teams. Man. But for the record, just to be clear, you do like Craig Council and glad he's the manager. Yeah, I mean you look
3: at it, he's got one of the better winning percentages as a Milwaukee Brewers manager currently. He's the only manager to get the Brewers to the playoffs three years in a row. Especially with the number of years that he's already managed for the Milwaukee Brewers. Three years in a row. But what I'm getting at is he's been with the Milwaukee Brewers for less than a decade. Like, if we're talking about and going through this poll like 10 years from now... My answer probably changes, but currently
1: he's not a legend. He's currently the Brewers' manager. All right, we're going to get to the phones. One second. I do have a a message here from Twisted Salesman on Twitch. Uh, I will reiterate what the Twitter poll says. Brewers legend. Brewers legend. Twisted Salesman says, Did he not have the World Series winning hit as a Marlin and scored the World Series winning run as a Diamondback? That's legend. Wait for it. dairy." Again, Brewers <laughs> Brewers. I'll read
3: I'll read a message here. Okay. CC hit 241 with 13 home runs in 6 years with the crew as utility player. <laughs> He's currently 487 and 451, which is a winning percentage of 5.19 as the skipper with one division title. Legend my ass.
1: Well, I would say it's legendary to go win the title in 163 games down in Miller Park at the time south, aka Wrigley. That's kind of legendary. Let's go
6: to the phones quick. Welcome to the show, who's this? This is the pipeline from the North, Colin. Troy, my man, what's up, brother? Not much, eh? I'm, I'm with you, Nelly, 100%. <laughs> I, I can't even shake. You know what? If he's a legend, then... I'm a legend on the zone because I've been calling in for seven or eight sure, years. About the I same proclaimed
1: time. you to be a legend ever since you first started calling in. <laughs> yeah, and right. then when you when you drove all the way down here from Sturgeon Bay to Madison to party with us at the the red zone for a Badger game, you cemented your legendary status. Oh,
6: that was that was uh, that was a nice effort. But hey, um, last Friday I was up driving in northern Wisconsin,
2: yeah. and
6: I uh, our local station up here only keeps you guys going from six to eight, so yeah. I always got to plug in the computer here yeah. to catch you. But I'm going in Northern Wisconsin and Rice Lake, and I'm hearing evil all over the state.
1: That's right, baby. That's right, baby. That
6: was, that was awesome.
1: I, was I like, know isn't it, it okay. feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. So, Troy, uh, we're just we're just trying to make it guys. easier to uh, get our dumbassery, you know, in your
6: ear holes. Yeah, I hear you. But uh, <laughs> hey, you guys know I'm not an NBA fan, but I'm jumping on the bandwagon with the Bucks here. Because Welcome it's, aboard. Uh, it's it's been fun, but. Uh, I know you guys talked about this, but how could that not have been a foul on Booker?
1: Oh my God, that was like Devin Booker should have got a sixth, seventh, and eighth foul right, just on that right. play alone.
6: You know, on that one, he he had his hand on his his right hand on his back, on uh, Holiday's back before he came over and hammered him in the forearm. You know, so. I mean, he like followed them two or three times. It it's insane. Crazy.
1: So, Troy, um, I have a comment from the referee. He said, "Quote: During live play, I saw a clean sweep of the ball and thought it was a no call. However, <laughs> after seeing the replay, I now realize that I missed Booker's right arm around the waist of Holiday, and it should have been a defensive foul on the play."
6: Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. But the ball, the,
1: his hand was not on the ball either. It was like mugging him. He was all right. over his wrist and his hand.
6: Right. I don't know. If that was and and I the second or third replay. Uh, one referee was like in front of the Bucks bench and the other referee was kind of like corner baseline. It was like, so it wasn't like they didn't have any kind of view or anybody. So I, I didn't understand that. But that's that's the reason why I struggle with that NBA sometimes because it's almost makes it seem like they didn't want Booker to get fouled out. So. Yeah.
1: Hey Troy, right. I got some good news for you, my man. So after last year, obviously we couldn't tailgate; all that was shut down. You yep. know, we are yep. officially back at the red zone coming up this year, where you and I once partied until right. uh, until uh, the wee hours of the late afternoon.
6: And yeah. The, yeah. And yeah, that was again. We Ken can State, do it again. I
1: <laughs> was that? A, I, it's so blurry for me, Troy. I just remember us like hammering shots.
6: <laughs> yep, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll try to make a trip down there again this fall. How's that? Uh, I'll buy you all your drinks,
1: and uh, oh. I know my I know my wife would like it too.
6: All right. As long that as you bring like your beautiful deal. wife as well. Hey, all right. Hey, and Nellie, I'm with you 100%. Don't back down on this, man. Nelly will
1: never back down. Nellie back never backs down from anything. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Troy. Have a good one, man. All right,
6: you guys have a good one. See you. See you,
1: buddy. buddy. The pipeline of the north. Love me some Troy right there.
3: Like, this is a discussion that we can have like 10 years from now <laughs> when Craig Council is officially retired into the front office of the Milwaukee Brewers because that's where I expect he'll go.
1: So looking at the looking at the picture, it's just funny. It says, Craig Council, Brewers legend slash manager. <laughs> So are they saying he's a legend, like in his playing days? Then, like, is that what they're getting? Brewers legend slash manager. Once you just have it be Brewers legend, and then they're differentiating it from? A, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Whoever was uh, making that cry on there for Craig Council, big fan, big fan of the Angry Rooster. That's for sure. <laughs> so Rowdy's just beside himself. I was beside myself when I saw it. Yeah, I mean, you sent it to us immediately. Like, RJ, and you I- know my feelings
3: about Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun was one of my favorite players. When I was like in the middle school, junior high, and then all of a sudden you had, cause he that was when he jumped on the scene in 2007 yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, he has the two big time years where some say he probably should have won MVP two years. I think it was, it was correct that he got it the one year, but then it came out with him testing positive. We go through the He's whole innocent. Ryan Braun saga, then he tests positive again. Innocent. And then he's never clearly the same player that he was continually, just obviously getting older and getting more and more injured and not producing innocent. He is now retired or I guess technically retired. Cause he's not on a roster right now. I'm more all right with him being in the stands, being on the cryon as Bruce legend. legend, Ryan Braun, than Craig council right now,
1: <laughs> the angry rooster rowdy, Craig council, the I voted legend. The story itself of is legendary. You I love, I love Craig, Wisconsin kid. Played for the Brewers, managing the Brewers, one of the best managers of all time. Three times in a row to the playoffs. The angry rooster, baby. He doesn't even get angry. That's his nickname, though.
3: You nickname's heartily, angry rooster. He, you
1: had to cheer when he finally got ejected. Hey, from he got a game. ejected. Yeah, he got ejected uh, when Christian Yelich got ejected. You wanted to fight the umpire. Yeah, it was like a week ago. The angry rooster, baby. To, they try to snuff the rooster. Craig Council says, no, no. I'm going to take my team right to the playoffs again.
3: You need to see something more from Craig Council getting more angry when, it, when he's... He's kind of like the under-his-breath guy. Oh,
1: my God, the Milwaukee Bucks. Series tied two apiece in the NBA Finals. And it is now going best of three. It's a three-game series now. Game... Five Saturday night down in Phoenix. Rowdy, can you feel it? Can you feel it? The Bucks, dude. I was a little concerned for Milwaukee entering that fourth quarter. And then around the five-minute mark is when the Bucks defense really, really started to put it on. And then there was some head scratching moments, right? Like when Devin Booker clearly was mugging Drew Holiday, not once, but twice. That was like the clearest, clearest of day foul that I've ever seen, and the refs are like, play on. Nothing to see here. Drew Holiday is ready to like fight the refs, and then it was about a minute 18 of just pure awesomeness when Giannis Adenakumbo, yes, the Greek freak, and this is something that we're uh, reliving a lot today, and rightfully so. It's arguably one of the biggest plays ever. Not arguably. I think it is. In Milwaukee Bucks history. It sounds a little like this. Tucker
2: Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiden. Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo.
1: Giannis rises up. Blocks Aiden from the alley-oop. And uh, Pat Connaughton, after the game, called it the best block in NBA history. Well, Rowdy, I put it as a Twitter poll. And before you uh, give your answer, I do have something right here that maybe could make the case of being the best block. In NBA history. This goes in the 2015 uh, 16 season, the NBA Finals, Game 7, Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors. Again, Giannis getting compared or beating LeBron James and things. Which is the best block in NBA history? James with the block over the greatest team ever in a regular season, the Golden State Warriors, crawling back from 3-1, to one. changes the outcome of a game, they'll hoist the, the finals trophy and bring it back to Cleveland? Or was it Giannis Kumbo last night, the momentum shift as DeAndre Ayton goes for the alley-oop uh, up by Devin Booker and he just denies it? What says Rowdy?
3: I voted for the LeBron James block. Wow. I think the level of difficulty has got to be harder Wow! with the Giannis block. But when you throw it all in with level of difficulty, the exact moment in the game and in the series, I mean, that was game seven. And oh, yeah. that was like, that was a huge block in game seven. If if he doesn't make that block, maybe they don't win that game and therefore they don't win the NBA championship, they don't bring the trophy back to Cleveland, which was the huge story. I'm just a kid from Akron. <laughs> now, I might change my opinion on that looking if back, all Yana? of a sudden, if the Bucs win the NBA finals and this was like the pivotal game that really got them going.
1: I mean, you can make the case that that blocked by Giannis is, I mean, looking back at it when it's all said and done, knock on wood, you know, if the Bucks. Go and win the NBA finals. You can go book, look back on game four and say, the Greek freak, <laughs> that block was the moment. Right now, looking at the Twitter poll, 56.9% say, yes, Giannis' was the best.
3: If the Bucks come out here in games five and six and just absolutely stomp Phoenix, mm-hmm. and that was the block that, I, that denied the Phoenix Suns for tying it up with a minute left in game four, where potentially it's flip a coin to see who wins that game. Because I think we all know that if Phoenix would have won that game last night, series is probably over.
1: Oh, yeah, probably.
3: But right now, I'm going to have to vote LeBron James. If we did this poll, say, in two weeks, I might have to change my vote.
1: Let's see. Looking at some of it here, Uh, Twisted Salesman on Twitch.tv. You can search my name, Ebo Says, hit the follow button. See her beautiful mugs interact that way. Twisted Salesman says, how quickly people forget that Giannis has already had a similar chase down like LeBron in this series as well. Yeah, you're completely right. Giannis already had shades of that block. Last night, the the athletic display from Giannis to be a top-of-the-key guarding Booker to then using his uh, freaky long legs to get down there, jump up, and block Aiton as Giannis was proclaiming he thought he was going to get posterized, dunked on, just to do it is insane. Our guy JD in MSN, he says, if you voted for LeBron's, no one can help you. (laughs) And then our guy Bo Hoffman. Great name, Bo. Only a freak could make that block. And Giannis already did the chase down block in game one. Crazy, crazy. Rowdy, we also have another Twitter poll going on right now. Inspired from what happened during the broadcast or during the game last uh, see night. See, the LeBron-Giannis Twitter poll is a good one. Spirited discussions everywhere. We're starting fires everywhere, Rowdy. Turning people on everywhere. Beautiful. All right, so last night, Milwaukee Bucks get it done. Felt good. Felt real good. That block from Giannis. Pat Connaughton, like, throwing it down, though, too. Uh, Repping his boy, the Greek freak, saying the best block in the history of the NBA. The best block of all time. Uh, But how about this? Chris Middleton had himself a game. Chris Middleton showed up. Playoff career high, 40 points. And that's because I guarantee you he was listening, because everyone listens to this show. And I guarantee you, Chris Middleton heard you doubt him, Rowdy, on the Razor's edge. And you and you said it. You said, watch me do this, and then he'll just have a hell of a game. Well, it turns out he had the best game he's ever <laughs> had in the playoffs as Rowdy took the under of his 24 and a half points. Well, he had 40. Here is Chris Middleton talking about the, the, the grind of the game.
0: It's a grind. A lot of playoff games, especially when it comes late in the fourth quarter. Um, it's a grind. Just got to find a way to, to get it. Um, get loose balls. Get rebounds figure out a way to get stops against great players. That's all I can really say about it. it is a grind.
1: So Middleton also talks about how Giannis came up to him. Giannis came up to him and gave him a big hug as he was about to uh,
0: shoot his free throws late in the game. Just love those moments. I mean, uh, I know how much he pinned into that game. Um, He knew how much I pinned into the game. We knew how much everybody pinned into that game. And it seemed like the game was over, you know, there for a minute. But nobody caved. Um, we, We stayed with it. We grinded out a couple of possessions. And, you know, we found a way to win a ball game.
1: Yeah, no one did cave, which was nice. So Middleton, one more, talks about how they have struggled to close games out at times. But last night, man, they did it and they got momentum going back to Phoenix. You know,
0: that's something that we struggle with sometimes during the season. But we said... You know that's what it's all about—learning, learning how to win different type of ball games, different styles. And then that's what that moment was about—finding a way to win a game where it seemed like we weren't going to win and give us a chance to still have a life. Um, going to Phoenix um, with a little bit of confidence, with a little bit of momentum.
1: All right, Roddy, that's a big thing, right? I mean, Game One, Game Two down in Phoenix didn't seem like there was, you know, confidence for the Bucks. I like think they were slow starters. And then the Bucks now, really have been slow
3: starters. Like for the most every series, yeah, pretty much. Heat. Yeah, outside of the Heat, it seems like. Uh, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and now Phoenix. I think maybe one game comes to mind where they weren't really slow out of the gates like in the first six minutes. So I guess the first half of the first quarter. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're down in a 2-0 hole against the Nets. You welcome in what the Hawks or the Pfizer for game one you lose. And now you started out a, in Phoenix for the first game, one game two. You're down in a 0-2 hole. Like the Bucks are just slow starters. And then once they get a little confidence to them, Look out, man. Well, just in in games themselves, they've been slow starters. Yeah.
3: Like, it it felt like Middleton and Holiday couldn't make baskets in the first six minutes of that game. Like, Middleton was taking a ton of shots in that first quarter, and I think he obviously was leading the team in scoring after the first quarter, but he was not shooting at a very high percentage.
1: Uh, Giannis was talking about, after the game, thinking about being down, is there down seven, Well, entering that uh, final quarter, being down seven in a 3-1 deficit, potentially staring them in the face. Here's the Greek freak.
0: How about do you want it? You know, how about do you really want it? And just leave the game, you know, swinging kind of mentality. Try to be aggressive. Try to get stops. You know, try to set screens. Like, do everything uh, physically possible to uh, put yourself in a position to win this game. And I think everybody was feeling feeling that. And, uh, you know, that's what we did.
1: Giannis also talks about how the team, his team, the Bucks, wanted to show what they had down the stretch.
0: It wasn't a pretty game, but was able to, you know, keep keeping our composure, keep coming. Uh, we had wide open shots that we missed that we usually make, but uh, going down the stretch, we kept believing ourselves. We kept executing. We kept setting screens. We kept getting started. We kept running. We kept rebounding the ball. We kept blocking shots. So uh, we wanted this bad, and uh, the team showed it tonight. <laughs>
1: You hear the sounds of Led Zeppelin. I mean, one thing. Our guy Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Robbie, what's up, brother?
5: And off your boat.
1: Oh, sorry, Rob. I hit the wrong button. What'd you say? Now you're on. What's up, Robbie?
5: I said good morning, buddy. Are you are you in from your uh, from your several boat uh, excursions Yes. Of
1: yes, the she blew me is the boat name. Nice. Uh, nice. B L U E. By the way, Rob. Just it's family show. But yes, we are back, Rob, and it was awesome. you got to come out on the boat, my friend.
5: I, I, I need an invite, and, and you know I'll be I'll be the first one. And, and I, I'm told I'm a pretty good party guest, Evo. I, I, I usually bring uh, plenty of plenty of alcohol and food where, I where people it. seem to appreciate that. Rob, so. I know
1: a nice little place where the water's up to your waist and everyone just parties their asses off there with their boats, so we are going, my friend. Also, you're familiar with Dave from Monona, right?
5: Oh yeah. Love Dave.
1: Dave apparently uh, was messaging me when he found out I got a boat that he's like a big boating guy. Like he's a big boater and he wants me okay. to ride him a lo- uh, around some of the lakes of Madison here. So maybe I can get you on the boat and Dave from Monona. Uh, Dave might put the weight limit over, but <laughs> would you want to join Dave from Monona? We could slam some beers and talk uh, responsibly and then talk that some did. sports.
5: Yeah, that, that, that sounds like it could be a, a, a pretty exciting and potentially heated uh, boat ride. It's going well, be a lot of fun.
1: Here's the beautiful thing about it. Once uh, Dave w- inevitably pisses both of us off, we can just have him walk the plank. We say, hey, Dave, we're at the dock, and then he'll just, because he's blind, and he'll just be you know a giant you know flotation device in the water. We'll leave him there.
5: Yeah, you're pretty rough, Evo, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll vote for that. We'll second that.
1: All right, Rob, before we get into... A uh, little Green Bay Packers chatter. I know you're no stranger to some strong takes about the Milwaukee Brewers, and now Nelly over here also no stranger to strong takes about uh, one individual. Craig Council was shown on the jumbotron last night in Game Four, and it said "Brewers Legend." Craig Council. What would Rob Reichel say? Is, is in his eyes, is Craig Council a
5: legend? Well, when I when I get done laughing, um, <laughs> I guess I'll address that. You have you have to keep in mind, right? I mean, the, the bar is completely lowered. For that organization compared to what it is, let's just, let's just compare it to Green Bay, right? Where where you where you lead the league in world championships? Um, last week they celebrated the 1990s. They in the 1990s that organization was 69 games under 500. Evo. Nice, and they, and they celebrated and and party. They had two winning seasons that particular year. They. You know they, they they take random nobodies every single year and they throw them in the Brewers Hall of Fame. You know they they, they celebrated their 50 year anniversary uh, last year and their crowning achievement and their crowning moment has been what, what a second place finish in in the 1982 season, right? World Series runners up. That that is what the organization still hangs it hangs its hat on. Evil I have a few guys. In my neighborhood, who have cars and the license plate say something to the effect of '82 Brewers,' and I chuckle, ah. you know, every, every time I go by, you know, be or every time I see him go by my house, you know, I I kind of giggle at the fact, you know, they're they're celebrating the silver medalists from 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 1982. So again, I guess everything's relative, right? Um, that, that, that this is an organization. I think their winning percentage all time is about four sixty. So they've lost dramatically more games through their fifty years than they've won. Um, I I would laugh, like I said about calling Craig Council a legend. To me, it's, it's Molitor, it's Young, it's it's Cooper, um, it's a handful of other guys, and and it kind of ends there. That they, they have not had a had a great history there. It's probably Prince and Braun, even though Braun cheated and all that kind of stuff, He's right? Um, you know, it might be one or two of these pitchers that they have on staff now. To throw Craig Council in that discussion, though, no, I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on that in a big way, both.
3: Uh, Rob, I even said right now in this moment, Harvey Keene, as in Harvey's Wallbangers, is probably more iconic and legendary in Brewers history than Craig Council.
5: A thousand percent. I mean, and 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 you're talking about a guy, right, who believes in the six man rotation and and giving his starters every Sunday off and and things to that fact It's almost like he's He's terrified at times of prosperity. They win 11 <laughs> games in a row, and he rolled out that Sunday lineup in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. It's, it's just a guy to me that, that deep down, um, right, he, he was a utility guy. Man, this is tough. I opened up Pandora's
1: guys, box, Rob.
5: I think there are a lot of guys in Major League <laughs> Baseball that could get far more wins out of this group. Oh. That Craig Council has over the last I, six or seven I feel,
1: years. I feel bad for Craig just listening to that. That's Uh, uh Rob. All right, he, let's. I'm like so like. All right, anyways, Rob. Let's reset here. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Let's talk some Packers, Rob. My man. I know Craig's listening right now. He's crying in his coffee cup. So Rob, I'm so and listen. It's still going to come up once in a while with the Aaron Rodgers chatter and yada yada yada. But you know what? There's also some other guys on this team, believe it or not, that don't wear the number 12. So Rob, I ask you. What about this training camp coming up here? What are some battles we need to look at besides Aaron Rodgers' battle with uh, PR and the brass?
5: Yeah, good, good, good segue there. The the battle with uh, management, right? And, and you are right. We're twelve days away from veterans reporting, thirteen days away, Evo, from from them being on the field for the first time. It'll be, it'll be that Wednesday, the twenty eighth, and and there's no doubt, all eyes will be on Rodgers between now and then. But like you said, I mean, there's a lot of really good things uh, that I think the fan base should keep an eye on. You know, whether or not Rogers is there, um, it, it, it's a it's a deep roster, Evo. It's it's a really good roster. If Rodgers is there, they'll compete for a Super Bowl. If he's not, I still think they have an outside chance to win the division with 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 Jordan Love and. And then we'll see how the Rogers stuff plays out. But they're going to have four or five really interesting training camp battles. You know, the number one one that I'm going to watch far and away, you know, is Kevin King versus Eric Stokes. You know, the King kind of the maligned corner who who got beat up by Tom Brady in Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. Probably one of the most forgettable performances in franchise history. Um, you know, he'll you know decades from now he'll he'll still be you know the guy that probably wears the goat horn. The most from, from that particular loss. Maybe it's Matt LaFleur, I guess, for, for settling for the field goal. Maybe it's Rogers for, for not running it in or trying to run it in against the Dominican Sue. But Kevin King in the, in that, uh, NFC championship game was absolutely brutal, as you know, Evo. Um, they brought him back on a one year, five million dollar deal. Then they drafted Eric Stokes a few weeks later to, to compete at, at corner against him. And Matt LaFleur, the night of the draft, Evo, the, the weekend of the draft said, um, and, you know, it, it, it's wide open there between King and Stokes. And, you know, Stokes is going to be a guy that I think the fan base is going to love to watch. He's about 4'2'9 in the 40, right? I a mean, great athlete. For, you know, almost a 40 inch vertical. He's the 10'8 broad jump. So the, so the kid's unbelievably athletic. Um, Kevin King has been a disappointment in his four years in, in Green Bay up till now. Um, the way they structured the contract, Ebo, he's safe. He's going to make the roster, even if Stokes beat them out. They'll just have terrific depth at, at the cornerback position. But, you know, that's going to be one I think that's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I'll give you a couple other ones real quick, yeah. Ebo, and, and we can get into them a little bit, you know, piece by piece. But, you know, outside linebacker, I think Rashawn Gary's ready to win a starting job. They'll have to take it away from Preston Smith. That's going to be a fun one. Um, they, they've got a lot of options, Evo, on that offensive line, uh, with or without Bakhtiari. Uh, you know, I'm still under the impression uh, kind of the assumption they'll play it safe there. It's typically how they operate in Green Bay, um, where you won't see David Bakhtiari maybe the first month or so of the season. And if that means Elton Jenkins jumps out to left tackle, which I think is what would happen, Evo. You know, you'll you'll see guys like Lucas Patrick and John Runyon, uh, probably started guard. They've got some other options too. I mean, they've, they've drafted six offensive linemen, Ebo, in the last two years, and it, it, it's going to be a battle royale when, when camp opens, uh, for those, for those roster spots at, on the offensive line. You know, but eventually when Bacchiarri returns, I think you're probably looking at right guard coming down to Patrick versus Runyon, which should be, uh, a pretty fun battle there. They've got some, they've got some battles that'll go on. Ebo, an inside linebacker. You know, people didn't really pay much attention, but after the draft, they signed this to Andre Campbell uh, from Arizona, and, um, you know, he was sitting on the street. Mm-hmm. He's had some productive seasons. He goes way back to Atlanta with Matt LaFleur, and then, you know, versus a couple of rookies from last year, Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes. Now, they don't ask a ton from those inside linebackers, Evo, and a lot of times they only play with one, and it, I mean, it's only about 10%, 15% of the time where they have both those guys on the field, but, but there's going to be some battles there between Campbell Martin and Chris Barnes. Um, I think Oren Burks finally, you know, after three, four years of being a really disappointing player, he's kind of shown the door uh, at the end of training camp this year. They, they admit the mistake there and, and move on from him. Uh, but there, there's going to be some fun battles there. And, and, and don't forget wide receiver. I mean, the one I think we'll all watch is, is MBS versus Lazard to kind of see who gets the most snaps there at number two. But you've got the rookie there in Amari Rogers. You've got Funches back in the mix. I, I, I think what Equanemia St. Brown is going to be really on the bubble when it comes down to, to making this team evil. So there's going to be a lot of really fun things to watch in addition to the quarterback.
1: Rob, uh, uh, real quick, speaking of Packers wide receivers, Rob Roister joining us right now on Forbes.com. Rob, Packers wide receiver Devin Funches set a world record yesterday by catching a football that was dropped from 750 feet by a helicopter for charity. If you can catch a ball, I'll say throwing, 750 feet from a helicopter, what is this man going to be doing coming up with Aaron, or who's ever under quarterback for this season? <laughs> Come on, Robbie. He's got to be a beast if he's catching a ball from 750 feet.
5: Well, he hasn't been a beast, he his first <laughs> handful of years in the league. And, and you know, let, let's go back. And, right, he, he takes the pass on last year due to – due to COVID, and he decides not to play, you turn back the clock to his 2019 season, he only he only played the one game for Indianapolis. So now we're we're going all the way back to 2018 when he was in Carolina. And, you know, Carolina didn't think enough of him, Evo, to, to keep him around when his first contract ended there. So we're talking about a guy now who's already into year seven, Evo, and he hasn't really made a mark so far in the league. I mean, you know, good so, for him. Rob, um, are you so... saying that
1: this catch he had from the helicopter is his biggest catch in the last seven years?
5: Uh, it it very well could be because of, uh, you know if memory serves me right there weren't a lot of big catches probably being had in in Carolina for them Man. you know uh, that team usually medals around five hundred most most particular seasons I mean good for him that you know he can <laughs> catch a ball from from that particular height and he can impress people with his kind of gimmicks and tricks and stunts and, and things like that Evo but I mean let's Strong see what he can do when, when the pads go on and and he goes onto the football field I I still insist Evo I, you know I think they'll keep six wide receivers it's going to come down to special teams probably at the end of the day but I think that last roster spot uh, at least at the wide receiver group was going to come down to Funchess and St. Brown.
3: Yeah, some would say, Rob, that that catch is legendary. Others would say it's
1: pretty indifferent. <laughs>
5: I I don't think, you know, years from now, guys, you'll be talking about that catch the way you're talking about Giannis' block from last year.
1: True that. Well done, Rob. So, Robbie, I mean, I know you're doing it piece by piece on Forbes.com. You're breaking down every, like, you know, significant packer leading up to number one. We love that stuff. I have to ask you one thing, though, because I had to chuckle. I saw – I'm very confused lately because, you know, sometimes I listen to other sports talk radio around here, and there's these talking heads that – I would call them jock sniffers. And they got a. They love the brown eye of Aaron Rodgers. Put their nose in it, and they uh, they want to cry on radio talking about how awful Jordan Love has been. They're like in tears, crying about it. Um, I heard that actually Jordan Love's put uh, looked pretty damn good in in practice. Am I wrong in hearing that?
5: Well, you know, it, the the so the last we've seen Evo of of him was you know the later part of June when when they wrapped up mini camps and things like that. And yes, overall for the most part, I I would say that was a winning performance and. You know, there's been a lot of positive talks and discussions. He's, he's been working out, uh, you know, with some other NFL quarterbacks, and it's been viewed by some NFL people, and there have been unbelievably positive reports in terms of how Jordan Love has looked. Evo, the one thing that jumped out to me dramatically when I watched him last month at minicamp is the ball just flies out of his hand. I mean, this guy has a big, 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 big-time arm. I mean, we're talking about top five, top six arms, you know, probably in the league once, once he gets settled and they start turning him loose. Now, you know, the mental side is, is, is still going to take a while, and he's probably going to make his share of mistakes. I mean, people are really quick, Evo, to forget that first year under, you know, the Aaron Rodgers regime, uh, when Aaron Rodgers was in charge in '08, they they fell from 13 and three to six and ten. I mean, it was a precipitous drop, the greatest drop in franchise history. Evo, from from one year to the to the next. I mean, and, all, and the only key cog that was changed that year was far to Rodgers. So you know, two years later, though they're in the Super Bowl and winning it. And so this stuff won't happen overnight. But Evo, um, I think everybody in Green Bay should be really encouraged with what they saw this spring from Jordan Love, if Aaron Rodgers does not show up on the 27th for the start of camp, Evo, I don't think it's a bad thing whatsoever. Jordan Love's going to get all those reps. He's going to get all those preseason games. And personally, Evo, I think this Rodgers stuff is going to linger into September. And if Jordan Love, you know, starts that September 12th game against New Orleans and they get off to a fast start... Man, are the Packers going to have the leverage even more so than they do today?
1: Uh, Rob, I just, when you were uh, talking about love there, I just went into my Amazon account and canceled the Craig Council jersey ahead you coming your way. So it was going to be an early gift, but I just, after what you said, I just had to cancel it. I didn't want to upset you anymore, okay? Well,
5: I hope you changed that to the Harvey Keene one. You know, <laughs> I, um, did, I
1: did, I, I did actually. I, I, I,
5: like, I like where Nelly was going. All right, well,
1: I'll, I'll change that right now. So Jeff Bezos is going to hand deliver it once he comes back from space, okay?
5: Beautiful. I love it. Robbie,
1: we love you. Thanks, man. We'll check your workout Forbes.com. Rob Reichel on Twitter as well. All right, buddy. Talk to you next week. <laughs> See you, Robbie. Man. You and you and Reichel, strong takes, on Craig Council right there. It's not strong, it's <laughs> correct. <laughs>